This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 381. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm co-host today with Matthew Marister. He's probably going to be more on top of things today than I am because, well, he, he just is. He's, he's just that awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the substitute Matt today. He, There's he's supposed good. to be another Matt. <laughs> that's true. Right. We got. We're, <laughs> that's funny, actually. That's a good point. You know, I told people, hey, guys, we'll uh, have Matt on the podcast tomorrow. They didn't know what Matt I was talking about. Many of them probably assumed you. Oh, wait. I did say it was the dude with primary and secondary. Okay. That's All right. Me. There's that. That is not you. Uh, so, a uh, little bit of a schedule change. We were planning on having Matt Landfair from primary and secondary. But you know what? He works in the law enforcement world. And Matthew, I'm sure, is well acquainted with this. Sometimes things happen. And uh, schedules have to change. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, he, he was hoping that he would be able to still make it, but it did not work out. So we're working on getting Matt rescheduled for a future episode. Uh, probably not this week, but, uh, it'll be in a, in, sometime in the next few weeks. I'm quite certain of that. And to make it work a little bit better with his schedule, we may end up having to do that show in the evening. We'll just see. We'll just see. Uh, I know some of you watching probably... Or listening won't won't care about that. Uh, you know, many of you probably would prefer to even catch this live in the evening hours. But this is my eight to five, so I'd much rather not have to work in the evening. That's my family time. So, um, hey, today's episode we are going. We had to kind of scramble the plan B. Not too bad because we kind of knew we were going to be doing this in two days anyway on Thursday. But today's episode is news and gear reviews. So we're going to talk about some uh, latest, some of the latest industry news, uh, stuff going on in the in the world of guns, and we'll also be doing some gear reviews. I've got, actually, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I got two things I'm going to talk about today, mm-hmm. uh, and Matthew's got one thing, unless yeah. he wants to talk about something else too. Because yeah. you know, <laughs> we got to have full and complete e- equality. This is a equal opportunity podcast here. Yes. Yes diversity and strength and all that <laughs> uh, we, we are fairly diverse you and I I mean I'm tall you're short I'm fat you're skinny <laughs> I'm young you're old <laughs> I knew that was coming I knew it <laughs> alright so uh, today's episode brought to you by guns.com Matthew's gonna he's got the sponsor message for us today so tell us about guns.com and why yeah. are they a sponsor so, because they're awesome. So, guns.com, if you haven't been on their website in a while, you should go check it out because I hadn't. And when I went on there, uh, like maybe a couple months ago, it's completely revamped. Um, they sell guns, gun uh, parts and accessories and all that stuff. Um, but the cool thing about it is they also sell used guns and will buy your used gun. Um, and that's really cool because a lot of times you may not live in a state that you can do a private party transfer, or if you do, you know, there, there is some sort some risks that go along with that, obviously. Um, and so everything goes through an FFL. So they will give you like a, you know, if you have a gun you want to sell, 
they'll give you kind of an appraisal fee uh, or appraisal amount that they're willing to, to buy it for. They send you a box, you ship it to them. It's an FFL transfer. So somebody else buys it, you know, it, it goes through the necessary channels, all that. They also work with local FFLs, which is pretty cool because a lot of the problems is uh, the local gun stores, they're not getting a lot of business because of online retailers. Um, but the checkout process of buying a gun through guns.com is super, super streamlined and they have, you know, local FFLs are already there. So you can pick from there. If they don't have your FFL, you can send them a, a, a message. So really cool revamped way of doing business. Uh, if you're looking to buy a gun or use guns, sell your gun, all kinds of stuff. So uh, guns.com really up their game as far as what I saw from, you know, a few years back. Yeah. Well, the website's really well done. You know, yeah. I mean, again, guns.com for a long time was known more as a content or media mm-hmm. company. And they still have that, by the way. You can you can go to the guns.com news. It's still there. But they've, they've revamped their business model. And, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense. If, if you are guns.com, well, I... I, I guess people would think that you probably sell guns or, or or something, have something to do with guns other than just reporting on guns. And by the way, you know, uh, you really don't need to go read their editorial stuff. Ours is much, much, much better, but uh, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I gotta have some fun with that. And no, uh, so it's a really cool concept. Uh, I, I like the aspect that it's sort of like, you know, there, there, there's websites that you can go online and find new guns. Um, there's a few you can find used guns. There's a few you can find used and new. Of course, you got Gunbroker. All right, mm-hmm. they've been around a long time, but that's more of a bidding thing. This is like straight up, like what you see there is what you get. It's available for sale. You buy it. You have it shipped. You go pick it up. There you go. It's pretty cool. So, and, and I'm I'm noticing that there's some uh, some interesting things here, like a Bauer automatic and a baby Browning. That's right here on the main page, and a Smith and Wesson Model sixty one Escort. Yeah, some kind of, you know, even a Colt Model 1908 vest pocket pistol. I mean, just some kind of cool, uh, older, unique stuff that you don't just see every day. So that's fun. If you're looking for something unique, you might check out guns.com for your next gun purchase. So give them some love. Today's episode also, uh, well, actually, it's not so much a sponsor necessarily, but we want to talk real quick now next about... The Shooter Ready Challenge. The Shooter Ready Challenge can be found at ShooterReadyChallenge.com. And we encourage you to go check that out and participate on a monthly basis. This is a reoccurring or recurring uh, monthly drill series. Uh, I'm involved in filming those and posting those up on that site. The idea is to basically bring together dry fire in a format that is a little bit more fun and interesting. And and one thing that makes that really possible is the laser app uh, software, specifically laser X. So laser, if you're not familiar, I'm not talking about L E or L A S E R's. I'm talking about L A S R's or laser activated shot reporter software system. Uh, been around for a lot of years. Uh, you, well, I mean, a lot, re- you know, reasonably so. I mean, I, as long as I've been in this business full time, they've been around and a little bit longer than that. So, uh, super cool software. In fact, I just spent part of the weekend working a booth together with them at the Denver Sportsman's Expo. Had a lot of fun there with uh, Sam from the Laser App team. And 
So if you can go to shooterreadychallenge.com, see this month's challenge. And this month's challenge is the triple threat drill. And these, in the Laser X software, and it's a, it's a web app, okay? So you, you, you buy access to use the app. Trust me, do it. It's worth it, all right? And then at the very least, you go pick up a laser cartridge insert. Now you can't see it here, but I've got one inside of my Glock 2022 here. Or Glock, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> Glock 22 for some reason was in my head because I was looking at one, I think, on guns.com. Anyway, in my SIG SP2022, uh, I got a laser cartridge insert there. This works great together with the laser app software. And with this, I can get repeated shots. This is the simplest, easiest way, least expensive way, I think, to get started with a software like this that's going to use laser activation to track your hits, mark your progress, give you other metrics that are pretty cool to see. And another alternative, of course, you can get a cert pistol. Many of you are familiar with the cert pistols. And these, of course, are also available to buy and purchase. We have them on our site. Laserapp.com has them on their site. So cert pistol, one of these. Uh, you could do it with a laser cartridge in a striker-fired gun like a Glock, uh, but you'd be a little bit more. Ch- you'd be challenged a little bit more on some of these uh, multiple-shot drills, which the last couple of months have been. So, so you probably want something double action or like a cert or something. So let's talk real quick about the triple threat drill. Did you watch this, by the way, Matthew? I did. Yep. Oh wow, I'm flattered. I watch all your stuff, man. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so, uh, so what, I mean, what did you think about the triple threat drill? Very cool. It built off of uh, last week the, or last month, the three amigos, um, where you also had three targets, but uh, this time you're doing the, the multiple shots on each target. So stepped it up, build a little bit, and I, I thought it was a, a really good logical progression to the next uh, next drill. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I want to highlight about the laser app software, actually, as it relates to these various drill challenges too, like it, they're very natural in their progression as far as how you work through them. Uh, some might look at it and go, well, gosh, that seems almost a little redundant because last month it was you, you basically draw and, and put one shot on each of these three targets. And this month is you draw and you put two shots on each of these three targets. But, the, the the idea is just to keep adding layers of complexity, additional steps, additional thing, you know, tasks that you got to perform, and all the while you're getting a, a lot of opportunities for a lot of repetitions. And repetitions is what dry fire is all about. All right, repetitions with your draw, repetitions with presenting, picking up that sight, seeing it on the sight, seeing. Geez, I'm having a hard time talking today. Seeing it on the target, and uh, pressing the trigger. Right. Last month, you pressed the trigger three times, once on each target. This month, it's twice on each target. So again, that might not seem like a big deal. But the key is to do something worthwhile repetitively and have fun while doing it. I think it's fun. And the Laser X software is I definitely adding to the layer of fun, I think, because uh, as you complete these challenges, you're awarded... Prizes and of a sort, like you get one star or two stars or three stars, and there's these funny little like little snippets, you know, like audio clips and things that play when you 
level up to like to the next level and i i just have fun like wondering what because like this last time Corey and i were filming this month's shooter ready challenge and there was something that played that was new that i hadn't heard before <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well that's fun you know what i mean uh so the the team there at laserapp.com is having a great time putting together a really cool software program making it more readily available for more people because the laser x software is compatible with any mobile device with an internet connection and incorporates these drill challenges and it's fun i i think it's a really great tool so guys uh go to shooterratechallenge.com watch the video get set up with what you need to run it and even if you can't for whatever reason you don't whether it's you don't have the gun, the cert, the laser cartridge insert thing. If you don't, you know, if you're not ready to jump in and, and pay for the laser X software, whatever it is, um, j- just still go through the challenges, still do, do the same stuff with, with us. Uh, a couple of tips I gave in this month's shooter rate challenge was, uh, had to do with, uh, uh, well, resetting the trigger and prepping it and getting back to that break point as quickly as possible. That's really key, uh, especially when you're, you know, when you have follow-up shots. I mean, that that's really how trigger reset is should be done. We've we've screwed up people for decades now teaching them that you prep the trigger, you press the trigger all the way through, it breaks, you then hold the trigger back, the gun recoils, you recover, and then you reset the trigger. No, especially if we're talking in the defensive context of or trying to shoot with any measure of speed whatsoever, that is not how you work a trigger effectively. All right. And some of you out there, maybe this is the first time you're hearing this and you're probably going, what? Uh, I don't know. I agree with that. But you know what? That's all right. Uh, I've got, I, I need to probably put, put out some more content on this uh, very subject. Although I think we've talked about it in the Shop Talk series before. It sounds familiar. But anyway, um, all right. So multiple multiple targets, multiple shots, you know, getting getting on that trigger, knowing where it breaks, being able to prep it successfully, uh, and then resetting quickly and getting right back there for that follow-up shot. And then we should be taking those shots as fast as we see a clean sight picture or the sight picture that we need to see to, to you know, uh, to accomplish the requisite level of accuracy. All right. And so the key was with uh, dry fire, Matthew, I was actually having a conversation with somebody about this at the expo over the weekend as I was working on the laser um, app booth is the dude's like, well, but I don't have recoil when I'm practicing this, Mm. you know, the cert, it's not recoiling. Like, so it's not the same thing. Well, that person's right. It's not the same thing, but here's what dry fire reinforces. It reinforces seeing an acceptable sight picture in an acceptable location on the target reinforces your trigger press, grip, all the other fundamentals, right? And you get you can get pretty much everything except for that recoil motion, mm-hmm. right? And so they think, well, but then it's it's not it doesn't have value if it doesn't have recoil because the you know, the recoil, the recovery back on the target, all of that's different. That's true. But keep in mind that you should only fire when you have an acceptable sight picture. Okay? In live fire, that that sight picture is disrupted significantly and you have to recover and pick that back up and take another shot. In dry fire, that sight picture is disturbed very little. So yes, your follow-up shots in dry fire will be faster, but guess what? It still reinforces the same thing. It, it's training your eye to work together with the brain and the hand and going, when I see the sights where I need to see them, press the trigger. When I see them there, press the trigger and it's going to happen faster in dry fire than live fire. 
the the key is you need to separate your you need to separate this in your mind that you're not doing dry fire to train yourself to then suddenly shoot faster. You're training yourself in dry fire to press the trigger when you see an acceptable sight picture. And that will work the same way in live fire as it does in dry fire. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, and that's totally. kind of that was like you know one of the the things I think that comes through this drill, the triple threat this month in the Shooter Ready Challenge. I've talked enough about it probably, but again, go check out ShooterReadyChallenge.com, and I hope you participate because guess what? If you do, you have a chance to be a lucky winner of I think it's two hundred rounds of nine millimeter ammunition from AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Uh huh. Yep. So folks. You want a chance to win free ammo? See, and that's the beauty of this shooter A challenge. Spend your time dry fire practicing. Have a shot at winning real ammo that you can then go and take all the stuff you learned in dry fire and now practice it at the range too. Yeah, you'll see the application. Two worlds coming together. Cool. All right. Matthew, we yes, got a shot show next week. We do. What did you want to tell people? Um, it's going to be crazy. And uh, we probably, we're not going to be doing two live shows next week. So... Um, you know, I don't know if we have stuff already planned, but we will be going live from the show, but we won't be doing, um, we won't be doing necessarily the podcast at these times. Um, if you guys have ideas on stuff that you heard about coming out at shot show or something that's interesting, uh, to you and you want us to specifically go seek that product out, um, we will just send us a, a an email or let us know. Um, I'm happy to do that. We'll get, you know, good video and pictures and reviews and stuff coming up. Um, but just be tuned in because we're going to, there's so much stuff there and it, it's just overwhelming at times to, to kind of quantify it all and to, to prepare for it all. But, um, you know, if there is something, let us know, we'll be shooting out, uh, you know, videos and stuff as we go along to keep you guys posted. So you guys know what's coming out and, uh, try to get it to you as quickly as we can and be one of the first guys, uh, teams out there to get, get you, uh, pictures and video and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm excited about shot show, uh, because I am every year and, uh, you know, there's there's always that little bit of uh, well, you know, it's shot show. So after you've been a few times, it starts to like you you get into the routine. You know how it goes. You understand the flow of the show. It's kind of it starts to be kind of like same old, same old. Uh, but at the same time, there's new stuff there too. But it does seem like recently too, a lot of companies are sort of just pushing out new products, like when they get them ready. And not necessarily like waiting for some big splash at a major show. They still do that too sometimes, but you know, but not, but not necessarily. So, uh, you know, so so there there is that little bit of a like what was it, last year or two years ago show. I can't really remember. They all start to run together. It was kind of like uh, I didn't really see anything super new or cool or exciting, like I was expecting. There was just no big splash. I think it was last year, two years ago. Like the big thing was the P three sixty five. Right. That's kind of like the, whoa, hey, you know, like nobody really saw that coming. And, uh, you know, last year there was a few little things, but it wasn't quite, you know, there just wasn't like that, like one showstopper, you know, thing. Um, and, you know, that's that's not what it's all about. You know, actually being able to be there and congregate with like-minded people in the industry and and networking and, and catching up with, with folks. I mean, that that's what I look forward to. And it's going to be a great time. Although a long week, <laughs> a long, long week. And for us, SHOT Show starts Tuesday. Industry Day at the Range is Monday. 
but we actually have some some events and things that we that we are at on Sunday. So it's Sunday through Friday, six long days. <laughs> It'll be a great time. Folks, again, yeah, if there's something you want us to check out, hit us up. Send us an email, podcast at concealedcarry.com. Say, hey, I heard that maybe this thing is coming, or hey, there's this new gun or new sight or optic or whatever. Like, could you guys check that out for me? We'll, we'll do our best to do that. We'll do our best to accommodate. And, and, and probably a lot of the things that people are thinking about, we're planning on going and seeing anyway. But, you know, sometimes I get some interesting suggestions from folks. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, I just got an email from Mantis, and I did not see this coming. So whether it was whether this is like brand new news, or I just missed something somewhere, but Mantis is coming out with a product they're calling Blackbeard, which is a drop-in bolt carrier group of pre- replacement for your AR-15 that auto resets your trigger after each dry fire shot. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So dry fire with your AR-15 with a resetting trigger. Pretty cool. So it is super cool. Okay. And here's the thing. Next Level Training came out with something last year. They 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 teased it. They showed it. And then by NRA, they're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. And I still haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Now, Next Level Training is going to, for sure, now they actually have the brand new P320 right. CERT pistol. And we should have that up for sale on our site here, probably by SHOT Show next week. That's pretty exciting. But looks like Next Level Training got a little bit of competition with this, uh, you know, cycling mechanism for an AR-15 bolt carrier group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just slow to bring it, bring it to market. I guess I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So I get, I just got that email from Mantis saying, "Hey, looking to set up appointments. Do you guys want to come by?" I'm like, "Yes," especially <laughs> once I saw that. I will be there. All right, Matthew. News. Let's First do up. it. Tom's Shoes creditors take over the company. So Tom's Shoes, we talked, we just talked about these guys like a few months ago because you know they they made this big thing about how uh, they were going to donate money to anti-gun causes uh, because we need more gun control in their mind. Mm-hmm. But what's going on with Tom's Shoes? Yeah, so uh, it was actually it was almost a year ago that we talked about them. Um, but basically, what's happening is uh, they have too much debt. And uh, they're going to have to to uh, they they're defaulting on a on a on a loan, right? Most businesses operate in some sort of you know with some sort of overhead debt, but they're not going to be able to do to pay these this debt off. So um, basically, uh, I think about fifty percent uh, ownership is going to uh, be taken over by debt uh, creditors. And uh, yeah, it says, uh, combined with enhanced capital structure, this funding will enable Tom's to further invest in our promising growth areas because they have a couple other areas that they they still uh, uh, give to certain organizations, relief efforts and things like that. So so they're, they're not completely going away. Um, but yeah, it, 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 and so the reason why this is on here is not because, you know, it's necessarily so linked to uh, firearms, but because... Uh, you'll likely see this used 
you know, say, hey, well, this is a direct result of them saying uh, they, you know, were pushing for more, um, more gun control. I don't know if that's true. I mean, uh, it's hard to say if this is the cause or if that was the cause. Um, but certainly, you know, it could have lent, you know, uh, aided in it or, or kind of exasperated or, or made up one problem even larger. Um, but yeah, so they're still doing their thing, which they, they are a good company as far as, uh, some other things that they do. So I do, I do appreciate that, but maybe their, their anti-gun stance kind of cost them in the, in the shoe realm. I'm not really sure, but a uh, pretty interesting little take. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's a stretch to say to suggest that you know their their latest financial woes are are due to recent anti gun uh, support, but uh, you know it mostly because I suspect that a lot of their customers are probably not you know I don't see a lot of like gun guys wearing Tom's shoes or whatever. Right. You know? uh, I'm sure they are out there. I'm sure they exist. It's just that. It, I don't see that as, you know, it's it's kind of two different cultures and mindsets, I think. Uh, it's not really a product, I think, that appeals to a lot of folks that are, you know, in our segment of the, of the world and industry. But, um, you know, I don't like, I don't necessarily like to see any business uh, go out or struggle. Uh, just having been a business owner a couple of times, like, it's hard, you know, and the fact people that anyone takes a plunge to start a business, uh, you know, like in one case, I actually quit a really, okay. I really two times now I've quit pretty decent jobs, uh, quit one business to come and be a part of this business. Uh, you know, and, and before that I, I quit a really, really stable job to go and launch my own business. Um, so, so there's that part of me that loves the free capital system, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, there's certainly times where thing, you know, businesses do like really bad stuff and like, you're kind of like, ah, I don't feel so bad. And I kind of don't feel super bad that, you know, Tom's made it such a point to come out and be anti-gun, like whatever. Uh, I found this little bit here. Interesting, Matthew. It says that, um, that the novelty of their one for one model of donating a pair of shoes for each one sold wears off on has worn off essentially on among consumers i find that interesting right that's a feel good marketing strategy you're like right. hey you buy a pair of shoes we're going to donate one to somebody in need like that's pretty cool and actually when i first learned of tom's shoes and them doing that whole thing i i thought that's cool okay mm-hmm. i like that all right but you know what even feel good things over time apparently do wear off. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's nice to see companies, businesses doing good things like that. Right. Um, but I think sometimes the, and they do a lot of phil- philanthropy and things. Um, I think the, the issue with that or the difficulty with that is if you're a, a, a you know, you're selling shoes it's hard to diversify into now we're going to be, you know, a philanthropist company doing this, this, and this and getting involved. And I think that maybe they just overextended themselves. And, and um, it's weird that, you know, people initially, that was probably maybe a big selling point, like, Hey, you buy a shoe, we'll, we'll, or shoes, we'll, we'll uh, give a pair of shoes to somebody who needs it. But perhaps more people are, 
wanting to give to donations that they know what they're giving to rather than, you know, in combined with buying something else. Like, you know, I, I don't mind giving a hundred dollars to X, X, uh, you know, charity or, or mission work. Um, I'd rather do that than buy this expensive shoe so you can give it to somebody else. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. And I'm speculating. I, I don't know, but could be. Yep. All right, got to move on. Let's see. Virginia lawmakers. Oh, wait, that's the later story. Virginia gun store says firearms, ammunition, and magazines flying off shelves with upswing in cash purchases. Yeah. <laughs> People wanting, uh, un, you know, okay, so here's the big thing. And, and we, we have a follow-up story here in uh, the next story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very next story. Uh, you know, there's been all this talk about Virginia passing these new gun control measures. Uh, I believe that it got through committee yesterday or the day before. Well, I guess it was just yesterday mm -hmm. uh, of a you can only buy one gun per month or something like that. And right. it's like, man, you know, I think they used to have a law like that years ago, a couple decades ago. Uh, and eventually lawmakers went, mm, this isn't really working. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it went away. They're, they're bringing that back, you know, like it's in style again. Um, but anyway, people are buying stuff, products and guns and ammo flying off the shelves. And it says specifically they're seeing a lot of cash purchases and why do you think this is? Yeah. Well, because there's been this threat that they're going to do some things, pass some laws like an assault weapons ban and things that doesn't have a grandfathering clause and that they will uh, require like all out confiscation on certain guns. Now, the next story explains what's going on with that, but uh, definitely I can understand why people are kind of nervous and, and a little bit scared about what's going on there in the Virginia commonwealth of course and they should be <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean truthfully right mm -hmm. yeah so tell us about what's the update on the uh this ar-15 confiscation measure yeah so it kind of dovetails right into the the previous story so everybody you know obviously whenever there's going to be a ban on this or a shortage on that people go and buy it at record levels. And you saw that with, uh, you know, ARs and in mag high capacity, uh, magazines and things like that. Right. So, so, so that, that happened and, and it's fueling uh, a lot of good sales, um, in the state. Well, today, um, they just, the, the uh, Virginia legislator legislation, um, just dropped the AR 15 confiscation bill. Um, so this was pretty big because what ended up happening was, uh, the NRA got mobilized down there and whether you're a fan of the NRA or hate it, whatever, um, they did a good job of mobilizing people and getting them to actually, uh, not just sit on the computer and, you know, post how their rants about how they're so angry at this and that. Um, but thousands of people showed up, uh, at the Senate, uh, the, legislation legislators uh uh you know were overwhelmed by these people not violently um but in a show of like hey we are your constituents you are doing something that we are totally against and in in a pretty pretty uh big numbers and so they ended up backing down. I, I you, you kind of could see it coming, right? Like initially it was like mm. hardcore, we're taking them, you know, no one's going to stop it. And, you know, if you don't like it, we're going to put you in jail. We're increasing bed space in the jail and bringing in the National Guard and all this. And then slowly as they started to see like, 
hey, this is not actually going to work. Um, and it, it, they started to roll it back, right? They were going to, okay, well, now we'll grandfather it in. And then, and then there's like, oh, no, 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 now we're dropping it all. Um, I suspect that this will be reinstituted some another time when they feel like they have it. But the crazy thing about it is Virginia, I mean, they they elected these officials that are 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 pushing this legislation. So, you know, it's it's kind of a cautionary tale is is you gotta really be in, in tune with your local um legislators because if you don't know what their actual agendas are or who's paying them or what lobbyists are you know they're kind of in bed with um you could end up with a situation like this where it gets very close to some sort of uh real constitutional problem in your state yep yeah good stuff matthew you know uh this article here on uh, waynedupree.com says folks pay attention because this is how you win against the we try to avoid right and left discussion on the podcast, the tyrannical left. Let's say this is how you win against gun grabbers. Mm-hmm. You show up. Uh, you know, this is where the NRA still has, as an organization, a, a tremendous amount of value. All right. For, you know, lay aside all the uh, uh, controversy around the NRA in recent months uh, with its leadership and its practices, its finances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it still is the nation's biggest, most well-organized, strongest uh, organization, gun rights organization, because they, you know, if the NRA chooses to go after something and pursue something, they can mobilize very effectively. Um, that'd be another point of debate. People that have felt like the NRA has not done what it its job in some of those regards, but this is one where the NRA. Uh, got involved and it will be involved. It's presumed, you know, on, for the foreseeable future, and it, it's appearing to make a difference. Now we have the big uh, Virginia Citizens Defense League uh, uh, gathering next week, a big rally, uh, like a week from is that week from today or yesterday? Yeah, I'm a week from sure. yesterday, I think. Yeah, uh, on the twentieth, that's going to be a big deal. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, so, but anyway, yeah, guys, the the other side has no problem mobilizing because they'll go so far to actually pay people to show up at rallies, anti-gun rallies, and they'll bust people in. They'll do that kind of stuff. Our side doesn't really play dirty like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we, let me, let me back up. Have we done things like that? Have we bust people to events? Sure. That's one thing, but like paying people to show up at events to, to pretend to be, you know, either for or against something, that's not something I think our side really does, uh, the pro gun side. Uh, getting buses and, and carpools and things like that to organize and get people to, to events and showing up uh, and being a voice, that, that is something I think that is that is good and that's worthwhile. That should be done. And I hope those of you anywhere in the Richmond, Virginia area can you know, if you're nearby and you can be there on the 20th, I think you should, I think it's worthwhile being there. All right. Being a positive voice. Okay. I know there's been some talk about, you know, can we carry guns there? Can we not carry guns? I know we had this rally, uh, the two way rally that I was involved with and, and Mitch was there and Josh was there from our team, you know, back just in November. And, you know, they asked people not to bring guns. A uh, couple of reasons. One that you weren't really supposed to because of the location that it was done. But I just want to say this about that. I want to say if you are going to go, please, please, please be responsible and please be respectful. All right. Go there to accomplish the mission. 
don't do anything crazy, okay? <laughs> because, you know, it, it doesn't help the cause if the other side looks at us and goes, and especially those legislators, and be like, this is just a bunch of crazy people. Like, right. they're not going to be concerned about crazy people, okay? They'll be concerned about legit constituents that are expressing their displeasure about the way their government's being run. Mm-hmm. All right? Apple called out for lack of substantive help unlocking gunmen's iPhones. Uh, so this is referring to the uh, shooting that took place at the Florida Navy, Naval Base uh, fairly recently. Still, was that like uh, December last month? Yeah. Um, is that right? Yeah. Time's just flying by. Uh, but there was two iPhones that belonged to the gunman, and apparently, you know... <sighs> They're they're trying to get access to see you know if there's if there's evidence on you know on these phones that that will help them in this uh, court case, uh, and, and, and you know arguably in a situation like this a warrant should be justified to obtain that kind of information, but apparently they're being the the uh, federal the FBI is being met with uh, some resistance from Apple in in helping. Uh, break into those phones, you know. So, so we always have these kind of situations. There's been other cases that come up where it's like, okay, the balancing of privacy and uh, security, along with you know the government and 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 government seizure and warrants and all stuff. But you know what? If you got a warrant, I think you know, and it because you have probable causes. I mean, like it's pretty clear this dude, you know, shot the shot the base up, right? Like, right. should be no problem at all for them to get a warrant. And they do. They have a court order to go and be able to obtain information from these phones. So, come on, Apple, you should step up and like, I th- I, Apple's, you know, kind of taking the stance, and, and they've done this in the past too. That well, we've engineered these phones to be super, super, super secure. Right. Like we've basically made it impossible to break into the phone. Come on, you're Apple. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, is they in the article they cite a couple other instances where there was, you know, like you were talking about, where the government and Apple, the government was asking Apple to to allow them, you know, backdoor access to, uh, you know, kind of get around the security features of the phone, and on one of the cases, uh, Apple refused, and they went out to a private company and they were able to do it. Um, but in Apple's argument against this is that, you know, it, the minute they build, actually build in uh, like some sort of backdoor way to, to defeat the, the security of the iPhone, um, then the minute they do that, every the the information will get out and so not only will the u.s government have that ability uh you know fbi or whatever but so will you know china or you know whatever and so that's the that's the 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 fear and i think this is kind of where the libertarians and you know the conservative don't always line up is 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 on this and i agree if there's a if there's a legitimate warrant that's issued um and you, you've shown probable cause that something in there is going to tie this dude to other terrorists um then yeah i think apple should 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 uh, you know cooperate they say they're cooperating but you know um who knows but Hopefully this gets sorted out in 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 a legal way in a in a constitutional way and that can still protect uh, us from you know maybe potentially something else happening that they would be able to you know kind of intercept based off of this phone information on the phone so yep 
Final news story. Uh, I had to throw this one in there, Matthew, yeah. uh, just because I think it's pretty noteworthy. Definitely. The uh, Hollow Sun 507K was just uh, leaked yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was actually leaked or not, if it was like an intentional leak. I was giving the impression that this was a product that was not going to be really announced officially until SHOT Show, but about a week early, we got some, uh, we got a sneak peek of this new Hollow Sun, excuse me, 507K, which is a micro you know, red dot for a pistol. Okay. And this has been, you know, people have been wondering or thinking something like this was coming and greatly anticipating it because they felt like based on, you know, the great success of the Holosun 507 and 508, which are pretty, you know, they've, they've become regarded as pretty good quality, uh, mini red dot sites for pistols. Uh, a lot of, you know, you got guys like Steve Fisher, uh, out there, a, a, a well-respected instructor, that you know touting the hollow sun uh 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 praises you know and, and you know they're, they're showing to be well built holding up to many 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 thousands of rounds pretty durable they got a pretty strong you know frame around them uh so what is this designed for well this is a red dot with the same footprint as the sig romeo zero okay which i've got one of those i got the sig romeo zero and or I've got the SIG, excuse me, designed for the P365XL. Sorry, I don't have one of those. I have one on order. It has yet to show up. <laughs> kind of getting a little bit uh, tired of waiting. But the Romeo Zero is supposed to fit directly onto this mounting point on the P365XL. The Shield RMSC also fits that. And uh, this, but both of those are, you know, in case of the Romeo Zero, it's a basically a polymer-bodied optic. In the case of the Shield RMSC, it's aluminum and it's a fairly lightweight, you know, it's thin uh, aluminum f- frame on this uh, RMSC optic. This Hall of Sun, I, it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty legit. It, it's a little bit beefier. It's got a glass optical window uh, side loading battery. So in the case of the, like the Romeo Zero, you got to take the optic off to replace the battery. Yeah. Now, the big selling point there, supposedly the battery in the Romeo Zero was to last a long time. But uh, anyway, some really cool things uh, from from Hall Sun there. I just thought it was noteworthy. I wanted to mention it, and it actually leads very naturally into my first review, which I will go uh, fairly quickly, and then I will hand it off to you before I get to my second thing I wanted <laughs> to mention because I don't want you to uh, to run out of time. Oh, okay, because I you know I know that we might hit a point where Matthew's got to duck out to go. Uh, take care of daddy duties. <laughs> um, but so I'm, I'm going to use the opportunity right now to give my, uh, a, a, to give basically an updated review of the P365 XL. So I have that here holding up to the screen for those that are viewing today. I have had this now for a few months. I've put, uh, mm, I, I have, I was trying to keep a pretty accurate documented log of run of rounds. The problem is with, the way my life goes and and some of the things that I'm involved with, sometimes I end up shooting it when I'm maybe not expecting to shoot it uh, and forgetting to record things, but I'm guessing I'm somewhere between 1,200 and 1,500 rounds on this thing. And it's proven to be very reliable. Uh, I have yet to have a single failure with this gun at this time. So very, very impressed with its reliability. It's got to a point where I, I... trust it well enough to make it into my, you know, as, as one of my carry guns. And this has been the gun I've been carrying uh, 
I haven't touched anything else for a while now. I have sitting on my desk also the X Compact sitting in a holster here. You guys saw that the XL is cleared because it's, you know, I had my slide lock back. The X Compact, people say, well, why do we need the XL, uh, P365XL? You know, it's kind of, it's not that different from the, the X Compact. Well, guys, you know, those of you viewing here, you know, and I know those, those of you listening only to the audio uh, feed, you can't see this, but guys, these are very, very, very different. <laughs> okay, uh, the 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 P365XL is still substantially thinner and lighter. It's a smaller gun than the X Compact. Okay, so is there still a, a need, a use case for the P365XL? I would argue yes. And I will say this much, those of you that are familiar with the review, the very detailed and, and lengthy review I did to the P365 about a, well, a little more than a year ago that was published, uh, I'm a big fan of the P365. I've had good success with the P365. I've carried the P365. I've had a hard time carrying it since the XL came around. <laughs> I'll be honest. Because this thing is still really easy to conceal. For me, this may not be true for you. Uh, I'm a fairly, you know, I've got a, I've got a, you know, I'm I'm a fairly big guy, and I can kind of hide things a little bit, probably better than some people. But this is still a very concealable gun, and it's very capable. I would say this is a more capable gun than the P365. The the thing I used to say all the time, I still say it about the P365, is it's the little gun that shoots like a much bigger gun than it is. I still think that's true. Well, guess what? That same logic carries over to the to the P365XL. This is the little bit bigger gun than the P365 that shoots a lot more like a like a more mid-sized duty gun. It's still small. It's still got a relatively small grip, but it's got enough for me to get a good grip on it. And it's got enough of a sight radius and everything. That, I mean, I can shoot this thing lights out. I like shooting this gun. I just ran a what I call the Jack Wilson drill a little bit more than a week ago. Uh, 15 yards, 3 by 5 card, under 3 seconds from a holster, cold, with your carry ammo, your carry gun, from your carry position, your carry holster, all that stuff. Okay. The, the, the idea being you got one shot. You don't know when you got to make that one shot. You draw your gun. You got to put one good shot in that 3 by 5 card. It's supposed to represent kind of a headshot from 15 yards and do it in under three seconds. I was able to do it in 1.34 with this guy. That's smoking. Yeah. Like I have that level of confidence with what I see in my sight picture. Okay. Now, again, I'm still waiting for the Romeo zero for this. I'm really excited to put that on when it'll show up, but I'm, I might end up with a hollow sun 507 K before I see the Romeo (laughs) zero. Now I have added, you see here the gray guns, uh, grip module. So it's been laser sculpted or stippled, uh, with the gray guns pattern. And I like it. It's got a little bit more grip than the original. I had no problem with the original grip module. I just, I've become a real big fan of these gray guns, grip modules. I also did add the gray guns, straight trigger, the 365 XL comes with a straight trigger, but, uh, the gray guns one is just a, it's a little bit nicer, and it's got an over-travel adjustment, which is not a big, big, big deal on a trigger that was already pretty good, but but I like it, and it shoots really good. So, guys, I'm somewhere – I think I'm probably on the closer end of 1,500 rounds through this, and I'm very, very, very pleased with the P365XL. I recommend it. I'm carrying it, and I'm having a hard time carrying anything else because I run it a lot of time with the 15-round mag, and it still disappears on my body. And it, I got as much capacity as my Glock 19, my Sig X Compact, uh, in a smaller package. Yeah. What's not to love? Awesome. 
Matthew, tell us about your compensator. All right. So um, I am doing, uh, I'm working on a review right here. If you can see, this is the Tyrant Designs Glock T-Comp that compensator. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat. So um, I'm, I'm doing a review to try to figure out if uh, having a compensator on your carry gun is a wise choice, is it worthwhile, um, and all the pros and cons that would go along with it. Um, so I, I've I got this out to the range. Well, before I tell you that, uh, the cool thing about this is some compensators, uh, you have to time them or have the, the ports in a certain way, or, you know, they, it won't function correctly. This is, uh, really easy to install. There's no timing. Um, it's, it's two part. I don't have it torqued down, but, um, it gives you, they give you a little wrench and this part, uh, is actually threads onto the barrel. And then, uh, that's and really unique. Yeah, it's pretty so, neat. So a lot of times compensators, for folks that don't know, you have to like turn the whole compensator. Right, right, right. And and, and getting that and the, the timing of it, getting it to line up just perfectly is can be a bit of a challenge. This is a really unique design. Yeah, so so it has this part here, and you can see it's gotten pretty, pretty... Uh, I tried cleaning it. It's pretty difficult to get it chromey looking like that. But um, anyways... And so, and here's the body of it. And so you can see these ports are 360 around the whole thing. So you don't have to worry about it being aligned a certain way. Um, really cool and easy to assemble, easy to put it on, take it off and stuff like that. Um, I got about 300 rounds through it so far at, at the range the last time. And uh, I found that when I was shooting, it was kind of finicky with, with a specific ammunition. It was pretty cheap ammo. Um, it was 115 grain. And I had a, a couple instances where um, it didn't extract like the, so it didn't fully cycle. Um, and, but I was running 115 and 124 grain out of another relatively cheap ammunition. And I had no problems with that. So out of that 300 rounds, I probably had four instances where it, it just failed to, to fully um, cycle and extract. And so, and, and I'm not exactly sure if it's the ammunition. I, that's my hunch. Um, but that's one of the things you got to think about. And one of the things I'm looking at in, as far as in the review it, for uh, a carry gun, right? Um, you got to realize that this adds weight. So this is still moving up and down. You put a, an optic on your gun. So you have kind of the ge geometry kind of thrown off from the factory. So you, there's different things you can do, obviously, uh, with with recoil springs and, and, and whatnot. But anytime you add that, then, you know, you got to kind of counter it with, you know, maybe a, a different weighted uh, uh, striker spring. And so you start going down this line of like, now you've modified the gun so crazily. Um, so this, the, the selling point on this is that it's, it, it should work with the majority of ammunition. Um, right now I've ran two types through it. One, it ran flawlessly. The other one, uh, I had more problems than what I would have liked to see. So uh, we'll still, I'm still working on the, on the, you know, evaluation for you guys and, and see what exactly shakes out, but really cool. Uh, I was impressed with it. Honestly, uh, I'm not a, I wasn't a huge fan of putting a, a compensator on a handgun, um, especially for a duty gun, but uh, impressed with, with the performance of this. And so I, I, I'm excited to, to try to get into it a little deeper. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff, Matthew. Uh, you know, I I just think the the design of that thing, how it goes together on your gun, is is really slick. So yeah, super 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 cool. Yep, 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 yep. 
Um, there's a compensator that Grey God's been working on uh, that I'm thinking by SHOT Show, I'm hoping that they'll tell me that it's finally ready to be released here. I know they're waiting on a couple of things, and it also uses a very unique, it's different than that one, but it's a, it's, it's a unique method of attaching to the barrel. And uh, that that's, you know, that's a really handy thing. For, for those that know anything about compensators, if there's a way that you can remove a compensator more easily then that's a good thing because a lot of times people are like, well, I can't even take my gun apart very easily to clean it and maintain it properly because I got this, you know, thing that's really challenging to undo for my barrel. So now some I know are probably like, well, why do you need a compensator? Well, I don't know that you really need a compensator, but uh, some guys like them and I, you know what, they do make things a little bit easier. So, yeah, you know, if that floats your boat and you, you like things being easier, well, Hey, you know what? That's cool. As long as it doesn't affect reliability, if it's a carry gun, especially, then I don't, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I, All right. That, and that's the key is the reliability thing, right? That, and that's that's what I'm trying to, you know. And uh, Jenny actually, this is one of the things that she was concerned about. She said about ported barrels. I mean, obviously, this isn't a portal ba- ported barrel, but um, you know, flash. Um, patterns right do they like if you're shooting from a retention position right does it and and does it obscure your your sights if you need to at low light and uh, i will tell you that the 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 pressure that you feel from shooting with a compensator is much greater than than, oh yeah uh, you know um but i what i was surprised with was the flash pattern on this uh and i'm trying to document for the for the review uh is not as bad as what i thought it would be the pressure yeah uh, retention position, yeah, not very enjoyable. But um, so, still, yeah, she, still she specifically said she's afraid of flash burns, but it, it's still it's far enough away from your face; it's not going to burn you, right? Right. So, anyway, all right. Um, now, Matt, if Matthew's got to duck out at, at some point, feel free, brother. I'm going to okay. wrap it up with my uh, last little bit here. I wanted to take a moment and talk about a new pair of boots. This is a little bit out of uh, out of the ordinary for the podcast, but I have I was I was able to get my hands on a pair of the five eleven tactical Apex wedge boots, and I you know I haven't it's been a while since I wore a boot like for like my my everyday sort of wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I picked up a pair of these to give them a try, to try something a little bit different. I appreciate the fact they didn't look, you know, very tactical. You know, there's a lot of products. And 511 Tactical is a tactical company. So a lot of things they make for law enforcement officers and, you know, SWAT officers and then that sort of thing, you know, with that in mind. Now, this is a very, you know, just normal sort of brown leather hiking sort of boot or work boot. And, uh, yeah, I've been wearing them now for, oh, Three weeks, four weeks, maybe not quite a month. Yeah, I think I think these showed up a little bit after Christmas, uh, so maybe about three weeks now. I've been wearing these. I will say they take a little bit of breaking. All right, They're, they were fairly stiff when they arrived, uh, and I'm 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 intending on wearing these at Shot Show, which I'm a little bit scared about because uh, you know you're on your feet a lot, walking a lot when you're at Shot Show. Uh, but I, I think these are comfortable enough that I'm going to do just fine. So, uh, these have what's called the D D three O, um, insoles. D three O is a company that's making some really, you know, they're making a lot of technological advances in like cushioning and padding and, you know, impact, you know, uh, type, uh, uh, clothing and shoe and equipment, uh, materials. 
they're making stuff that's being you know incorporated into like football helmets and things like that to help reduce concussions <laughs> and stuff like that. And so uh, these have some really really nice uh, high you know high quality insoles, very comfortable. Uh, these outsoles are Vibram, which is a well known brand company, quality product there as well. Uh, you know, the, at first glance, and when I put my fingers on them, I'm like, oh, those feel like they're going to be kind of slick. But I've actually uh, had these on in some wet and icy uh, situations in the last uh, few weeks, and grip was not a problem. They're they were plenty plenty grippy for uh, my my needs. And one of, one of the, like the the number one tests I have for like how grippy a shoe or boot is is just getting into my pickup truck. You know, I drive an F three fifty. And I have, you know, some some running boards or or Nerf bars or whatever, you know, like a step. And uh, when it gets really wet and icy, my step gets really slick. And I have slipped off that thing just trying to get in my truck and like bang. Like usually what happens is it's right as I'm like getting into the seat and my foot will slide off and then my ankle scrapes or bangs against the side of the of the truck and uh it, it hurts and so anyway so i that's a silly test but that's kind of like that's happened numerous times to me and uh these performed very well so it passed the riley getting into his pickup truck test <laughs> hey they have a hidden pocket in them so if you want to sneak a handcuff key a pocket knife uh, you know you could even probably stuff a tourniquet in there if you really wanted to that's a pretty cool little feature. They look great. They're stylish. They're super, super, super comfortable. Uh, very, very impressed with these Apex Wedge boots from 511 Tactical. So there you go. Liking them a lot. I've been wearing them every day. That's that's a true, you know, for me, it's it's kind of like with the, the 365 XL. I've been carrying this every day now for a for, mm, couple of months. And that says that I like it and it works. If I wear a pair of boots every day, week, you know, day after day after day after day, yep, I like it. So uh, that's my the end of the product reviews here. Matthew did have to duck out so he can go pick up his daughter from school, and that's that's important thing. Uh, so we are going to let you all go. I do want to give you an update on the weekly podcast prize. So we had a little bit of a issue on our end with for whatever reason that did not uh, the it was not on the website the the giveaway was not active until i think just yesterday um because of that we're extending that the the giveaway now for a week and because we're going to be in the shot show next week that also complicates things so make sure you go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize and sign up for our next podcast giveaway the winner will be announced in two weeks from today all right, so you have plenty of time to get signed up. Make sure you do so. And again, that's just because of the schedule and shot show and all that. So it'll be a little bit different than what our normal schedule is. And because last week's, for whatever reason, got screwed up, we don't have a winner to announce today. So I apologize for that. Uh, so with that, I'm going to wrap it up, let you all go. Have a great rest of your week. We'll be back here Thursday at 12 noon Mountain Time with another episode of the podcast. And, of course, we always encourage you to check out the other podcast shows in our network, including the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, the Firearm Trainers podcast, and we just added a new one. And I think there's still some details being finalized, but I kind of spilled the beans yesterday in the shop talk. And so thrilled to announce that the Law Dog Shooting Sports podcast, hosted by Brian Eastridge and Chuck Ramsey, 
is now part of the concealedcarry.com network of shows. And that's a good one. So go to your favorite podcast program, app, download, or whatever, and make sure you add Law Dog Shooting Sports Podcast to your listening pleasure. I think you're going to really enjoy it. He, they, they do a great job of bringing on some, some really awesome guests. I think I was a guest in episode 12 or something like that. I had a great time on the show. So with that, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.